Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Today is a very big, fully loaded show for us. It includes David Pollock, the former UGA great, host of ESPN's College Game Day before we're done. David's had a lot to say lately about the things happening with UGA and, of course, the landscape of college football. So we'll talk to him about that coming up here in just a little bit. Also, we'll catch up with Jeff Sintel. Jeff, fresh back into Peach State again after having spent the last few days in New Orleans where five-star quarterback Arch Manning began his spring practice for his senior year. There is Isidore Newman. Manning also had some things to say about the current state of his recruitment kind of where Georgia fits in that along with Texas and a little bit of Alabama and maybe some other guys uh, involved in all that too Jeff will tell us about that coming up in just a little bit so there is a lot to do on this Friday edition of Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger there is no off season around here there is no dead of summer around here we're just as busy today as we would be at any point in time during the year and as I said Manning going to be a part of our discussion and Here's one of the things I think you notice if you look at the way in which kind of the 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 casual college football fan kind of outside the bubble of Dog Nation views the Manning recruitment. We've told you before that it almost seems like Georgia was way more in this thing for a long time than some people realize. In fact, over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've kind of made my case for why I believe that Manning is coming to UGA. That's a prediction. That's not a news report or anything like that. And most of you who watch the show know the difference. You know, I'm just kind of sharing my thoughts based on the information that I've been able to collect, but it is little more than just an opinion or a prediction. Nonetheless, I've put a lot of thought into it, and that's kind of what I think. However, if you get outside the uh, Dog Nation part of this, most people just assume he's going to probably go somewhere else. Well, he would probably go to Alabama because that's where great quarterbacks have been going as of late. Or he'd probably go to Texas because Steve Sarkeesian's the coach there. He's a great offensive mind, and the assumption is that great quarterbacks would want to go be a part of these great offenses. And the assumption is that's not what Georgia has been. But as I've told you now many times before, I really believe that the Arch Manning recruitment, in addition to being the kind of typical recruiting battle where you want to get the great player because you need great players in your roster, you know, the, the kind of traditional way in which we view these recruitments, that there is something about the Manning recruitment that's a little bit more uh, symbolic than that. To me, the Manning recruitment is a little bit more of a bellwether recruitment. It is an indicator of where college football might be heading. It's not just a statement about where the sport is right now but an indication of how things are going to evolve in the future. And if Manning were to choose Georgia, I would say that's doubly so because I think I think it's kind of bringing an end to a narrative that was actually probably rightly ended a year ago, and yet people are just slow to notice. People are busy. they got jobs. they got families. They're not paying attention to some of this kind of stuff as closely as we all are. And all they know is the caricature that gets drawn. All they know, all they know is the ridiculous hot take you hear spot on a show like Fine Bomb or something like that. They don't necessarily know the deep, true, fully formed facts. And a lot of people assume, well, Manning's not going to go to Georgia because Georgia's not great offensively. But if Manning does go to UGA, doesn't that cause some of those same folks to reconsider what they think they know about Georgia offensively? And as I said before, the Manning announcement, if it does come in favor of the dogs, will probably cause that to happen. But that probably should have already happened. 
And I was really glad to hear Kirby Smart speak on this this week. Now, yesterday, we kind of had some fun with Kirby. Kirby was on uh, the McElroy and Kubelik show. That's Greg McElroy, Cole Kubelik, two ESPN SEC network analysts who do a radio show there in Birmingham, WJOX. And yesterday, if you'll remember, and if you didn't hear yesterday's show, I, I got some really good feedback on that because uh, we kind of dug deep into Kirby joking around with Greg McElroy or at McElroy's expense. McElroy wasn't on the set when Kirby was doing this. And, you know, it, it, it was really funny. I thought it was I thought it was good. And we kind of made the comparison between Kirby, who told McElroy that he didn't like excuses compared to Nick Saban, who's had nothing but excuses as of late. I got some good feedback on that. I thought it was really fun. I had a good time with it. So if you missed yesterday's show, you should probably check that out. But yesterday looking at the interview we kind of had more of kind of the fun part of it and kind of the, the the funny part of it but smart also had some football things to say there as well and i thought it was really nice to hear smart yesterday when he was asked and cole kublik is the host here the former auburn football player the sec network analyst when he was asked about his offense for the upcoming season smart took a moment i believe to speak directly to those folks that i just mentioned a moment ago whether they be media types or fans. And, and by the way, this is not all outside the bubble of Dog Nation. There are even some UGA fans that seem to live through last year without knowing fully what it was that they saw, that Georgia was an offense that was really pretty dominant in its own right. And yeah, the defense may have been best in the country and maybe greatest of all time. But in the case of the offense, it actually wasn't too shabby itself. And I was kind of happy to hear Kirby Smart speak about this yesterday. So let me let you hear Kirby from WJOX, Birmingham radio station, before he played in the Celebrity Pro-Am with the uh, PGA Tour champions. By the way, there was also some really good stuff this week with Kirby and the guy he played with, Mark O'Mara, the for- former Masters champ. There was some fun stuff that the uh, tour put out on that. But nonetheless, this is Kirby on his offense, speaking to some of those folks who maybe just slept walk through last year and don't realize how good Georgia was on that offensive side of the ball, Kirby, from this week. Well, we want to be explosive, and we were last year. You know, people people have this miss. Everybody talks about the defense; they got overshadowed that we were top ten in explosive passes, um, a lot better than a lot of a lot of teams in the country at throwing the ball down the field. Uh, we did that with very effective because we were able to run the ball. So we have to continue to do that. We've got some tight ends we got to utilize. We've got three or four wideouts that are really good players, and we think we've got some really good young backs that are going to help us. So with Stetson coming back and uh, the other quarterbacks we have competing, I'm excited to see what we can do offensively so listen i love all of that from kirby smart for a number of reasons some of which i'll get into in a moment but first let me just say that i like it when kirby says we want to be explosive and we were last year and listen this is where i have to be very blunt for a moment if you live in chicago and you don't know that that's not your fault you're busy you're a long way away from uga if you like college football but you're not fully aware of how explosive georgia was offensively we've all got stuff to do if you live in la and you didn't know that hey you know you know, I'm sure you're stuck in traffic or something like that. Uh, you got stuff to do. But if you live here in Georgia, if you follow Georgia closely and you don't realize what Kirby Smart just said there is that Georgia was explosive offense offensively last season. If you're not fully acquainted with that yet, that's not Georgia's fault. It's not Kirby Smart's fault. It's not Stetson Bennett's fault. More on him in a moment. It's your own fault. You're not paying attention to what's going on. And if you don't believe me on this, believe five-star quarterback Arch Manning. Would Arch Manning be this far down the road? And we'll hear from Jeff Sintel later on about just how far he is down the road. Would Arch Manning be this far down the road with a program that didn't have a track record of being explosive offensively? I don't believe that he would. So for some of you who, like, honestly, I, I think don't fully appreciate uh what georgia did on that side of the ball apart from what it did defensively take kirby smart's words there to heart that georgia's goal is to be 
explosive offensively. And when you look back on 2021, it is mission accomplished. Now, beyond that, there's this. Isn't it interesting to hear Kirby Smart speak with that much confidence about that side of the ball? It wasn't one of those things of, well, we don't know what we have at the wide receiver position. No, what you just heard from Kirby right there was, hey, we think we got three or four guys that are really pretty good. Now, listen, we could spend our time figuring out who those three or four guys are. Maybe we may hit on all of those, or maybe we might you know, have slightly different predictions. But the fact that Kirby says, oh, no, we know what we have. We feel like we're pretty good there on that. Obviously, he mentioned the tight end part of that there as well. He talks about young running backs kind of growing into something there for UGA too. Like that's a confident Kirby Smart offensively. And a guy like that who's a defensive-minded dude and obviously wants his defense to be great, the fact that he's feeling that good about his offense, especially given the fact that's been like the one lingering question that's been kind of held over the program, I take that as a Georgia partisan, someone who wants Georgia to do well. I take that as pretty good news heading in for the upcoming season and potentially very bad news for anybody that Georgia might be playing. This is a team ready to put its pedal to the metal on offense again to go along with the defense that we've been saying over the last few days actually sets up to be pretty good once again there as well and if you doubt what I say on this if you're skeptical of me because I'm Georgia Homer or you know not even all that smart or whatever else look at Arch Manning Arch Manning seems to think this too and you can't discount all of that now here is what some people say in response to this and honestly even though it aggravates me I kind of understand where some of this comes from well, B.A., it's still Stetson Bennett at quarterback, and Stetson Bennett still isn't in the category of the very best quarterbacks in college football, and there is an element of that that's just factually true, that if you look at C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, he's commonly projected right now to be maybe the number one overall draft pick in next year's NFL draft. Certainly, Bennett's nowhere to be found in that conversation. If you look at Bryce Young, who's also thought to be a first-round pick next year, reigning Heisman Trophy winner he could win that again very short odds to do so that's also not a conversation that Bennett is in right now it is factually true that in the category of very best quarterbacks of college football Stetson Bennett doesn't really start that in that spot here for this upcoming season that's certainly fair but it is incorrect to say that he has zero chance of finishing in that conversation by the end of the season maybe not the first round pick certainly probably not but in terms of the Heisman conversation there's at least one outlet that's saying that hey maybe that's a possibility Bennett's current odds and depending on where you look on some of this kind of stuff uh is about 200 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy those are very very long odds but it caused Anthony Tree, a writer of Pro Football Focus to say hey at that odds at that price Maybe Bennett's somebody you ought to take a flyer on. Maybe he's a little bit of a – they did a Heisman best bet story the other day, and they mentioned Bennett as one of their – or Treach did as one of his Heisman best bets, despite the fact that I guess he doesn't really think he's going to, to, to win the Heisman, but as one of these sort of rich strike kind of, you know, Kentucky Derby come from out of nowhere type winners, maybe Bennett could be some version. And I want to read to you what Treach said about why this might be the case. This from Anthony Treach, pro football focus on Stetson Bennett. Uh, he says uh, the Georgia sporting cast could be enough to prop him up into a Heisman contender here in 2022. But in order to close it out as the winner, Bennett can't be a game manager. He'll need to have high-level quarterbacking moments and step up in tense situations. So once again, that's Anthony Treach, pro football focus. I agree with most of that. Bennett's going to have to make big plays this season for Georgia to be as good offensively as I think that it can be. And certainly if he wants to be in any kind of postseason award conversation, he's definitely got to do that. But lean on the first part of that quote there for a moment. 
that the supporting cast alone may be enough to put Stetson in that discussion. My point here is, is that's also the kind of thing that Kirby Smart mentioned a moment ago there as well. He mentioned tight ends, he mentioned running backs, he mentioned wide receivers before he even got to anything else going on at quarterback. That this is a, a system built by Todd Munkin, executed over the course of the last couple of seasons with talent in all the various position groups that gives pretty much any quarterback that's playing there the chance to succeed, including Stetson Bennett a year ago, to the tune of a national championship. And if you're Arch Manning watching in on all of this, you're thinking, well, gosh, if they can make a Heisman contender out of Stetson Bennett, what could they do with me? Now, all five-star quarterbacks think that. Some of them find out they're not quite as good as they thought they were. But nonetheless, that's the level of competence the five-star quarterbacks bring to the table. This thing of, gosh, look at that supporting cast. Look at these offensive linemen. Look at all these offensive weapons. Look at the way that Bennett's thriving with this. If Stetson's doing that, think about what I could do there as well. It's one of those obvious things that seems to hide in plain sight. Georgia won the national championship a year ago. The best defense in recent college football history, some have said that, uh, is obviously the number one reason why. But if Georgia wasn't as good offensively as it was last season, it would not have won the national championship. It would have fallen short. Georgia had a national championship offense last season, in other words. You may doubt that, but Arch Manning seems to believe it. His opinion on this really matters to me. And as Georgia goes on to even greater exploits potential this upcoming season it could be another big reminder of why arch is even considering the dogs in the first place my name is brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans good morning to you and thanks for being here no matter how you get to us today obviously presented by kroger and starting on video at 9 45 first and 15 dognation.com dog nation app 10 a.m after that facebook youtube twitter twitch from the radio at noon and Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them. The Apple Player, Spotify, the Google Player, for those of you in the Android devices, worldfamousdognation.com. We post the show each and every day, and we're just very happy to have you as a part of all of that. Also, a big thanks to our friends at Kroger there as well. They make the show possible today, and one of the things they're also making possible for you is a great new membership opportunity that gives you a chance to take advantage of a lot of the great things that Kroger offers. Sometimes about free grocery delivery, uh, twice the fuel points, and all kinds of other cool special savings there as well. The program that I'm talking about is called Kroger Boost. It's a great new membership situation, and you can enroll for as little as $59 for the year. So do me a favor. Go to Kroger.com slash boost to find out more about that. That's Kroger.com slash boost. We all need to save money at the pump right now. Kroger helps you do that. The, the Boost membership program from Kroger gives you a chance to even save more than that. Double the fuel points. Obviously, free grocery delivery uh, is a very, very cool option there as well. And all kinds of other fun stuff there, too. So Kroger Boost, great new membership opportunity. Enrollment for as little as $59. You can find out more. Kroger.com slash boost on that. All right, let me remind you of what I said a moment ago. Busy show for us. Later on, it's David Pollack. Great former dog. You see him on the set each and every Saturday in ESPN's College Game Day during the season. David's also got a great event coming up a couple of Mondays from now. We're going to be live with him at his Pollock Family Foundation golf tournament there uh, in the Athens area. And that's going to be a great day for us. Fun time to do the show on the road coming up a couple of Mondays from now. We'll tell you all about that and more coming up with David Pollock in just a little bit. But while I have your attention, let me also say this is that we're actually going to be on the road two consecutive Mondays. Two Mondays from now with David Pollock there in Athens or at least the Athens area, uh, this upcoming Monday, which is the next show we do, this this Monday, 
We're going to be live there at the Pella Window Indoor Showroom there as well. So we told you we're going to be doing the show live from there. Really excited about that. Our buddy John Stinchcomb is going to be there in person for that. We've got some Dog Nation daily t-shirts we're going to give away there as well. Also a great chance to check out the cool things going on at Pella Window Indoor of Georgia. Touching and feeling those windows and doors and meeting the really, really nice folks that work there. If you're in the market for windows and doors, no better option for you than Pella. The showroom, I think, shows that better than I could ever tell it. So please make sure you stop by and see them there for that but uh it's going to be fun to do dog nation daily out in public there on monday great to do that in person with john stinchcomb i'm really excited about all of that in fact let me give you the address because if you're in the gwinnett area uh and duluth in particular i'd love to have you stop by and see us here is where the Pella showroom is it is 2605 north berkeley lake road northwest that's north berkeley uh, lake road northwest that is in uh duluth uh georgia this upcoming uh 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 uh, that, that is uh, Duluth, Georgia, this upcoming um, uh, Monday for that. So we'll see 2605 North Berkeley Lake Road, Northwest in Duluth coming up on Monday. Really excited about that. So we will see you there on Monday. Myself, John Stinchcomb, Dog Nation Daily T-shirts, and a lot more to give away. Looking forward to doing that then. All right, looking forward to getting Jeff Sintel here in a minute there as well. As we go on the road with him, assisted by AAA and David Pollock before we're done. Before that, though, let me spend a second here on something around the doghouse that you may be a little bit surprised that I'm bringing up because at first glance, it's not necessarily good news for Georgia. And I think at second glance, it's also not necessarily good news for Georgia. But I think I still think it's interesting and I still think it's a conversation worth having. So guy from The Athletic recently did some research looking at what happens to five star prospects when they get into college and basically the, the folks that don't transfer the folks that you know you're not still in school but those that that sign on the program that stick with them through draft day how many of those five-star prospects become first round picks and his span of time for looking at this from was like say 2015 to the present and in one retrospect or at least one respect i mean to say in one respect this is an example of alabama faring far better than georgia and i want to talk about this and mention this and see if we can figure out kind of what's going on with all of this uh, i also want to give credit to the writer on this the guy who wrote this story for the athletic his name is bill landis bill landis is the one that does the research in this from the athletic but let me show you the kind of final point that he came to here he's over that same span both georgia and alabama had 20 five-star prospects who came through the program and exited on the other side uh, at georgia two of those 20 became first round picks and at alabama 10 of those 20 became first round picks now if you look at the overall draft performances for both programs it's actually pretty similar and if you compare georgia to virtually every other program in college football uh they're doing you know really well in terms of obviously developing draft talent things like that you know georgia's got nothing to apologize for on that but in this one particular thin slice of information what's going on here how is it that alabama has so many more first round picks coming from its five-star prospects than georgia does well, if an Alabama fan is listening right now, they'd love to say, it's because Alabama is just so much better at developing talent. That's what they would probably say related to all of that. And you could understand why they would want to say that. But it's not like Georgia hasn't had a huge number of uh, you know, first-round picks. Obviously had five off the same defense this year. And you know, one of the hallmarks of Kirby at Georgia has been you know, taking, in some cases, three-star talents and putting in the first round obviously jordan Davis is an example of that you want to go back to the deandre baker uh, you could start mentioning a, a good number of lower rated prospects who've gone on to great draft success it's enough to certainly indicate that there's no development problem seemingly at georgia 
but there is a difference in terms of the overall five-star um, uh, performance when it comes to the NFL draft. And this is one of those things where I have to admit that I think this matters, but I don't fully think I know what it means. But here's what I suspect it means. And if I'm right, you're going to see this proven out over the course of the last few years. Would you not agree that in the category of elite performers in any field, that within that category, there's also an elite category within that category? For instance, if you follow, like, say, gambling at all, think about, like, poker, especially back during the poker craze, or you think about, like, just sports gambling right now, that at any given moment, there's only about 2% of the betting public that would actually count as what sometimes is called as a sharp, you know, someone who has you know, extra better information, someone who puts a lot of work into research, someone who has conceivably an edge in the picks that they're making. There's only about 2% of the public that would kind of be counted as someone aspiring to be a professional gambler. Most people just do it for fun and they lose more often than they win. But did you know this? Of the 2% of people who are kind of making what they think of as an edge bet, a sharp player, only about 2% of that 2% is actually turning a profit. Some of the folks think they're turning a profit, but that's just because they're bad at record keeping. Uh, that in, in a category of 2% of gamblers, only about 2% of that 2% is actually turning a profit on a regular basis for what they're doing. That in the category of elite performers, there's an even more specialized elite category inside of that where the real success really is. And I can't prove this to be true, but I suspect that it probably is. Then in the category of five-star prospects, the same thing might be true. Because if you look at what the guy Landis for The Athletic wrote, like USC over that same span has had like 12 five stars. None of them have been drafted in the first round. Florida State's had, I forget how much, very much, but they've had very few uh, of those guys turning into first round picks either. That really, for the most part, a lot of the programs that have collected multiple five stars over that span, most of them actually haven't had that many of those five stars turn out to be first round picks. Yet Alabama's had half their five stars turn out to be first round picks. And as I said before, I kind of discount the notion that Bama's just that much better at developing talent because Georgia's developing talent in other ways. What I'm assuming is, is that Alabama's just finding better five-stars. Then the category of five-star prospect, Alabama has found the five-stars among five-stars. And so this becomes interesting, I believe, to look at for George in the years to come. If I'm right about this, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just a crackpot opinion. But if I'm right about this, what we will see in the future is Georgia, who has now become so much more selective. You obviously have to be an elite athlete to even get through the door at Georgia. But now it's elite athletes who could be team captains. It's elite athletes who, you know, kind of are, are kind of plussing every category of that, size, speed, everything else. That Georgia, because it's won a national championship, Georgia, because it's been a recruiting fixture for as long as it has been, even with the potential change of the NIL era, doesn't seem to be altering Georgia's approach too much. That Georgia is now in position to recruit the five stars among five stars and maybe Georgia's ratio of five-star recruits who become first-round picks is just kind of destined to go up now that's not to discount any of the five-star players who've come through UGA and have been less than five-star prospects all of them I believe have helped contribute to the success that Georgia's enjoying but it is interesting to know that for Georgia whose overall draft success under Kirby is I would say for the most part kind of you know standing side by side with really anybody Nick Saban included in this one five-star category this is still one area when Georgia's kind of lagged behind its chief competition for this kind of stuff when it comes to Nick Saban but if I'm right about what I said years to come maybe we see that number start to alter and kind of move in the direction of Georgia and by the way to finish this topic up imagine how scary that is for Georgia's would-be competition for a program that seemingly has uh 
talent all across the board. What if you do get even more predictable improvement from those five stars there as well? That could be certainly something uh, worth paying attention to. But either way, I thought it was kind of an interesting piece of research and analysis from The Athletic. And maybe your takeaway is different than mine is. If it is, I'd truly like to hear it because I think it is worth unpacking there a bit. But for now, uh, here after wrapping up around the doghouse on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger, let's move into everything else we have going on on the program today. It's David Pollack coming up later on. But for now, after having been in New Orleans – Spending time with five-star quarterback Arch Manning, getting a chance to figure out what he's all about, where things stand with him, with his recruitment. Jeff Sintel's on hand there. A lot of photos, a lot of videos, a chance to interview Arch yesterday. That's going to show up on the website here on Dog Nation Daily, uh, here, I should say dognation.com here today. Great chance to catch up with all of that. Jeff Sintel here on the program. Looking forward to doing that with you right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Great to go on the road with Jeff Sintel, presented by AAA, after Jeff was on the road uh, with Arch Manning in New Orleans over the course of the last few days, and a a lot to unpack with all of that. So, uh, Jeff, appreciate your time, and I know yesterday you got a chance to speak to Arch Manning. I know you're going to be writing about that at DogNation.com here today but i'm hoping we might get a little bit of a preview of that before it shows up on the uh, website there i guess let me begin big picture then we'll kind of get into more detail after that what was your ultimate takeaway from spending what turned out to be a few days there with manning there in louisiana your ultimate takeaway on the picture around his recruitment right now uh well hey good morning everybody uh hope everybody's had a good week um for me, um, well, I mean, I guess the thing that people will probably come away from this conversation with is that he, he basically told me he really doesn't know what he's doing right now. Um, I think the official visits will be crucial. If you put this together, he has indicated that he wants to take official visits to Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. Um, and, you know, that's going to be in the month of June because, you know, he's got spring practice uh, that runs at Arch excuse me, Archer Spring Practice runs at Isidore Newman until May the 20th. Um, and then he's got, um, a, really, if he sets that up, right, in a really full week of June, he's going to have officials to Georgia, officials to Texas and Alabama. And he's also got the Manning Passing Academy in the month of June as well. That takes place at Nickel State University. There's about 30 to 40 college quarterbacks that are there uh, teaching the future of the game at the position. So, pretty busy June that he's got set up and one wonders, you know, what's going to happen with Alabama. Well, Alabama have already figured out their quarterback. Maybe it's Eli Holstein also out of Louisiana uh, by mid-June. And, you know, for him, it, it, it's, it's you really got the sense all week that it's about Newman football. Newman football is what matters. You know, Brandon, his uncles, Peyton and Eli and his father, Cooper, none of those schools ever – advanced past the state semifinal round. Newman has never won a state championship. And all indications I've gotten from March and those really close to him, that's something he really burns to do. He really wants to win a state title. You want to talk about being in uncle's shadow or grandpa's shadow? Well, what's the way to step outside that shadow? That's winning the state championship that Newman wasn't able to do with Eli, Hall of Famer on the way. You know, you've got uh, Peyton Manning as Hall of Famer as well. I think that is very, very, very important to him. I don't know if he has the roster to do that. They're going to have to win a lot of shootouts. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, Brandon, first time you watch him out on the field, on the green grass, I mean, Brandon, I compared it to a, 
uh, a Caprice Classic, a Chevrolet Caprice, one of those biggest cars that were ever on the road. I think those things are about 18 feet long. And Brandon, it's about six, four and a half. It's about 220 plus. Just going to be really, really hard to get on the ground. His legs and his lower body, man, his trunk, his thighs. I'm not meaning to sound like Larry Legend here, but like this is a put together strapped quarterback that's really going to be hard to tackle when he gets in the open field yeah that's really interesting I guess let me kind of follow up with this then it seems like there are some changes to what the prevailing narrative online was for a while I'm curious if what I'm perceiving to be true here actually matches reality that for a while it seemed like well maybe Manning might only take one official visit to the school that he was going to commit to or you know maybe Manning was looking forward to getting this over sooner rather than later so he could focus on his senior year and therefore, you know, something's going to happen sometime this summer. Yet, you know, you know, coming off of this week, as you just said, okay, so now we're talking about multiple official visits. Now we're talking about a commitment decision that he seems willing to, to postpone beyond the start of his season, maybe even to like all the way to signing day. How much of this is an alteration of what was originally perceived to be true for Manning when we, I guess, first began this conversation a few months ago? Yeah, you know, Brandon, for me with all that, I think that just gets too complicated for a family that's just making things really simple. Brandon, it would be like one of our lovely wives saying, hey, Jeff, hey, Brandon, where do you want to go out to dinner in three weeks with with, with, that, with that couple? I mean, that, that's so far away to them. That's the way they look at it. They're like, I don't know. Well, let's think about it when we get closer to it. I mean, the priority is Newman football, and then they'll go through that. And, you know, Arch told me he's like, he's really just wanting to find that gut feeling. And gut feeling happens that it's done. Personally, my own indicators, my own instincts on this thing is I don't think it goes through the summer. I don't think it goes deep into the season. And what's going to happen, Brandon, um, I know Ohio State's had a lot of success with this recently, but you're going to see Alabama pick a quarterback. And you might see Texas pick a quarterback or Georgia pick a quarterback. I don't think all those schools will pick a quarterback, but. Somehow through process of elimination, you know, I think all this will come together. Um, but, but you know, it, Brandon, it really just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It's like, I mean, I guess it's like the high school student that has, that's got accepted to every, every Ivy League school and all their dream schools. So they really did, don't really need to worry about picking one right now because they know the one they pick is going to be grand. I have called this a bellwether recruitment. I think this is one of those things. It's not just important for college football in the present tense, but I think it kind of gives an indication where things are heading for the future. And I'm reminded of that this week because, you know, one of the things that Manning has said uh, has gotten a lot of attention about his affection for Athens as a college town. He's also said some nice things about Austin, but clearly he kind of views that, I would say, as something different than a college town. A lot of people know Austin is just a lot bigger. You know, it's a state capital for a giant state like Texas. It's also a little bit of a tech center now. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just a little bit more of a what I think of as kind of a a little bit more of a big city than kind of what, you know, Athens kind of is. And, and to me, this is one of those things that that really it's it's a different spot for different people. Like some people do want traditional college town. If that's what you want, that's what Athens is. Some people want kind of more glitz and glamour. And, you know, Austin's got Austin City Limits and South by Southwest and all these like, you know, kind of uh, hipster type festival things going on that if you want glitz and glamour, in a lot of ways, Austin might be that, 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 you know, ultimately the decision, if it comes down to Austin or Athens, it really is two, di- two very different locales. And at least based on what Manning's saying right now, maybe somewhat political, but at least what he's saying right now, he seems to see some things to like in both those spots. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's political. Um, you, hey, you look at you, Brandon, going off like you're doing Austin Chamber of Commerce daily, right there, man. You got Tech Center in there. You got Hipster. You got you got all that stuff. South by Southwest. I mean, Bravo, sir. Um, here's what the the town type thing feels like to me. So, uh, I don't know. I've probably been to Athens with friends and family. I mean, not Athens. Excuse me. I've been to New Orleans with friends and family probably about six or seven times in my life, maybe. And I, I got, I learned this week that I did, I've been doing New Orleans wrong the whole time. Like that stuff downtown is kind of like, you know, where all the people go when they're on a conference, they're on a work trip, they're on business. Um, it, it is maybe the theme park of New Orleans, but like if you, if you really care about like food and mingling with the locals and, you know, eating like really good food, you know, the, it's only like two and a half miles away from, uh, where Isidore Newman is from the Superdome and kind of the center of where everybody goes in the quarter and bourbon for New Orleans. But, you know, that's an area called Uptown where, like, there's a really lot of – it's like a different world, Brandon. It, it kind of seems really weird to say that three miles down the road is a totally different world. And that's what that's what the area around Newman off Jefferson Street actually is. I mean, it's – I mean, I, I wrote – uh, yesterday, I believe that it's sort of like an Anne Rice book or maybe something out of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, where there's cemeteries on both sides of the school. It's a very small school. Um, you've got a, you know, a, a lower school right next to it. There's a children's playground right next to the football field. You see the big 18 hanging over the Tui Gymnasium, which is the family that inspired the movie. Uh, the blind side, you've got these big iron, wrought iron gates that say Manning Family Athletic Complex. There's a sign that just says maybe the the mantra of the Manning Family, which is play hard and have fun. Uh, I think Athens, I mean, he's, let's face it, Brendan, he's lived in that big city already. Athens kind of feels more like that area, you know, quaint little shops places people don't really know about. I mean, Athens kind of feels a little bit more like where he's from than perhaps Austin does. Um, you know, for, for him, you know, i got to mention, you know, Georgia's Todd Munkin was there yesterday, the Georgia offensive coordinator, watching him practice, watching him work out. Uh, I just think that the Manning situation, you know, the young man has his grandpa, he has his dad, who's actually a better athlete. Cooper was a better athlete than both of his brothers. His um, career was just cut short by medical issues, I believe, related to his spine. And that's why he had to hang it, hang it up. But, you know, you watch, you watch everything around him. And, and somehow he's got – somehow his, Brendan, his offensive line coach is a petroleum engineer. He works for the Department of the Interior. And that's a smart fellow that's protecting his blind side. You've got a, his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, Brandon, that was on Butch Jones' staff at Arkansas State. He was an all-time leading passing leader for Middle Tennessee. He played like six years in the Canadian Football League. And that's his high school offensive coordinator, a guy that was told coming out of high school he had no tape, he had no film. He tried to walk on in a junior college. The junior college basically just dusted him and told him, you probably shouldn't do that, son. You didn't play much in high school football. You shouldn't walk on to our junior college team. He, he kept bearing down. He hunkered down and, you know, Brandon, then he, he wins the job. He gets a scholarship offered to Middle Tennessee. And this one little thing, man, let's tuck this away. Maybe this is what everybody's been waiting for with this long little story. You know who, you know who uh, his offensive coordinator at Newman 
his offensive coordinator at Newman is Logan Kilgore. Guess who his offensive coordinator was at Middle Tennessee back in the day, Brandon? Who's that? Buster Faulkner. How about them? This very is the part where I don't have to say. This is the part where I don't have to say much else. Yeah, very interesting for sure. Hey, it's on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel, and we know that Faulkner uh, connection's been important here thus far, and Jeff kind of gives you a little bit of insight as to why. It's one of the reasons why we like to have Jeff on the road, one of the reasons why we love to have AAA on the road with us when we are there as well. So as you're traveling around this summer, important to take AAA with you. I keep my membership card in my pocket everywhere I go because if I break down and something happens, I want to make sure I have their legendary roadside assistance to come to my rescue. That's what AAA can do for you. So go to AAA.com. You can find the auto club near you that you can join and take advantage of the great stuff that AAA is famous for. Let me squeeze in one more thing before we let you go, Jeff. We had Terrence Edwards on the show yesterday. Terrence obviously loves what Manning does throwing the football. No, Every wide receiver would. Terrence obviously a great former wide receiver. He said, hey, the one thing I do want to see more of is that athleticism. I, I want to see that ability to keep those plays alive and understanding how valuable, even Kirby Smart saying this about Stetson Bennett, the ability to do something with your legs. You talked about this a little bit before with uh, Manning, but kind of finish up on this if you don't mind about what kind of athlete you think Arch is beyond just being kind of a, a Manning-style quarterback. What kind of athlete is he back there with the ball in his hand? It's a good question. It's one of those where it would take an observer and an analyst to maybe flight some fancy, but um, I'm going to say he is a premium athlete at the high school at the high school level for a quarterback, and I'm going to say he is a very good athlete. I mean, if he chooses an SEC school, uh, you've obviously got a school that's on the way to the SEC, one in the SEC, another one in the SEC, and then two other SEC schools in LSU and Florida that he's thinking about taking visits to as well. Um, in that busy, busy June and maybe late May as well. Um, Brandon, I'm going to say it. His, his overall, overall set, skill set, kind of, I'm going to place it in the same arena, the same zip code as Justin Fields as far as guys that Georgia has recruited. Wow. Um, just, just the way he moves. I mean, let's, we all know Justin was about a 4-4 guy. At least he was on the laser, um, back in the days when, Folks got to remember all that all that Georgia stuff with Justin Fields. At one time, he was committed to Penn State um, before everything changed in his recruitment. Um, but I, I'm going to say that you just look at what the main thing, Brandon, is. You know, Gunner was it's fantastic. Brock is fantastic. But and I must have shot like a gazillion pictures watching that guy work out, getting them for our Dog Nation photo archives. And when I'm going through and I'm I'm, I'm editing the photos and putting them together. I just, it just, I see it in my eye like 1,900 times that he's so big. He's got such a clean delivery where he gets it up by his ear hole and gets it out. Um, the way he can put balls on guys and put it in just the right ball placement. Uh, Brennan, it brings to mind the motion for me just because of those broad shoulders. Brings to mind me that classic throwing style of John Elway. Doesn't look like Eli, doesn't look like Peyton. It looks like his own thing, which was taught to him by his dad, Cooper. But it's something, Brandon, when uh, we saw the level of success uh, that Matt Corral had for Ole Miss last year in the SEC. And I think, should he choose a Georgia, Munkin will be able to formation that thing where uh, when it's time for an Arch Manning-type athlete to start rolling down the field, you're going to see a lot of space. And it's going to be really hard one-on-one to bring this guy down. I mean, remember – just to put this into perspective, everybody knows the all-time great Herschel Walker was about 6'2", 225. Well, you know, Manning, uh, everyone around the team, they, they, they rifled, they rattled off what he's great at. 
He's probably no worse than the second strongest guy on the team. No worse than the second fastest guy on the team. Probably the fastest guy on the team. Clearly the most competitive guy on the team by far. I mean, he's a guy that we've heard all these stories about Nick Saban and Kirby Smart in those lunchtime basketball games. Well, that's the way Arch is in lunchtime basketball. One of his teammates, William Randall, was telling me, is like, they're playing at lunch. And, 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 and Arch like rallies the guys together. And he's like, come on, guys, we got to get this. We have to win this. And his buddy's like, dude, this is lunch basketball. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's just the way he is. That's just the way he's built. Um, really, really. You know, everybody, I want everybody to know this. If you're just really listening in and leaning in on the Arch Manning stuff now because it's getting closer, um, he really can run around. Like, you know, his grandpa, Archie, was, was an SEC legend. That's who he was named after. Um, the type of SEC quarterback that ran around everywhere and made a bunch of plays. That's the type of guy that Arch Manning could be. And I want to say this over and over because everyone is going to focus on his last name, the Manning name, the Manning brand, and the golden arm. But it's, I think, Brandon, those legs that really what makes him a very special football prospect. Jeff, cannot wait to read more about this at dognation.com. Good work there in New Orleans, uh, getting a chance to speak to him, getting a chance to watch him practice. It certainly sets up for a very interesting summer as he goes through his pace, is taking some official visits. The month of June sets up to be very big for George in that regard with Manning and a whole lot more folks, folks there as well. So we're looking forward to learning a lot more about that in the time to come. Hope you have a great weekend, and thanks for being here on the road, assisted by AAA here today. Brent, I didn't think I would do it, but I was able to leave New Orleans two pounds under my target weight. That's something that rarely happens, probably only happens on a work trip, but it's good to be back in Georgia. Good to have you here, uh, Jeff, there as well, both back in Georgia and here on our program today on the road. This is about AAA. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, good stuff there with Jeff Sintel. Going a little long here in the program, so let me do this. Let me give a shout-out to my friends at Royal Caribbean. Let's go ahead and get David Pollock ready to go, and we'll bring down the music and do all of that. Of course, we go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Always a reminder to you that this is a great time to uh, get your own Royal Caribbean cruise set up to go. A lot of you know I was just on one back in April, and this morning, this is a true story, my wife and I were already talking about our next Royal Caribbean cruise this morning uh, before I came to work. That's how much fun we've had on these Royal Caribbean cruise ships. That's how much fun we believe you can have there as well. So do me a favor. Check out my friends the Cruise and Vacation Authority, and you can find out about all of the great stuff they have going on, whether it be short three, four-night trip to the Bahamas, going out of Port Canaveral, easy drive right there from Orlando. You're ready for the big seven-night cruise. And a lot of times, I think if you want to take advantage of all the specialty restaurants and all the great fun things to do on board, the slides and the the the, the, the cool amenities, sometimes the seven the seven-night cruise just gives you a better chance to do that. Or if you're ready to kind of go to a more exotic port of call, you've been to the Caribbean, now you're ready to go to Alaska, somewhere like that. Well, Royal Caribbean's got you covered on all of that. So check out our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority, and you can find a lot more about that. But before we do anything else SEC-related, let's go ahead and bring the music down, if you don't mind, because I don't want to keep our next guest waiting. Guy that's uh, obviously doing a great job on ESPN's College Game Day every Saturday, and somebody the Georgia fans continue to be incredibly proud of. The legacy that he left behind there at UGA. It is David Pollock here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. David, thanks for spending some time with us here today. Uh, congratulations on continued success, and it's just great to get a chance to speak to you here today. 
Oh, thank you, B.A. Good to be on with it, dog. So let me start with this. Obviously, you've got a great event coming up, but I want to make sure folks are aware of all the great work that your foundation is doing. I want to make sure we tell people about that because it's always cool to see the way in which uh, a lot of you former dogs are doing big things in the community after you leave. But this is obviously a special time for Georgia in the aftermath of having won a national championship and now an offseason of trying to figure out what comes next. So, you know, how does Georgia bounce back from all of this and how does Georgia get back to it with the bullseye on their back now that they were the number one team in the country from a year ago? Well, a couple of things you better have been doing. You better have been building incredible depth and recruiting at a really high level. Check. Um, Kirby's been doing that with his staff for for a long time so obviously since he's been here that's been a, a thing that he's focused so many so maniacally on and and done a great job of doing it so you better have that you better have some good leadership in your locker room like nolan smith and and stetson bennett and and, and you know what else it's really helpful to have a coach that's been through like kirby he did it with alabama several times so i think you know having those things in place is, is a really really good start uh, you're not going to be the team you were look at the draft ba like you lost 15 guys. Yeah. I mean, you just lost a lot of talent. You can't replace that in one year. You can't you can't hit that in one, um, you know, recruiting class in the last couple recruiting classes. For goodness sake, it's it's really special. But uh, you know, the opening week against Oregon is is going to be a tremendous challenge. And then if you look at the schedule, you're gonna, probably going to have some time where you can you know build some depth. You know, work on your defense. Y- your defense is never going to play ever at that level because it's the best front seven I've ever seen in my life covering the game or being around the game. But your defense will still be really good because of your DCs, because of Kirby, because of the recruiting. So I think that takes a step back, but I think the offense will be better than we've seen in a long time at Georgia. So you just keep doing what you're doing with the pieces that Coach has brought in place, and I think you'll be successful. One of the things I liked about Georgia's defense a year ago, in addition to all the talent, was – what I would call like the mindset, I thought they were just way more aggressive at getting after the quarterback. Now, maybe that's just because they had better players, but some of that seemed like great players are being turned loose to do what they kind of do best. Well, now Dan Lanning's not there anymore. It's Will Muschamp, it's Glenn Schumann as those co-defensive coordinators. You know, how confident would you be that Georgia can maintain that same mindset with different coordinators, in some cases different players in those kind of key positions? You think this defense will continue to be as aggressive as it proved to be a year ago? Well, you know what's interesting about this? So listen, I'm going to say this. This defense is going to be at least 10 points a game worse than it was a year ago. Mm. Okay? That sounds horrible, Brandon. That sounds terrible. They'll still be in the top 30 in scoring defenses in the country. Like, they're still going to be really yeah. good. But you're, but you're going from historic good, historic great. Five guys drafted in the first round. That doesn't even count in the Kobe Dean. So, I mean, you're just – you're just talking about you're going from super special to something that's going to be different. But who's your leading stat guy? You got Beal back. You got Noel Smith, who I think is your heartbeat. The best defensive player on that in the, on that in the team is Jalen Carter to me. So he's coming back next year. So you've got a, a lot of pieces to be very successful. Yes, they're going to have to be aggressive. Yes, um, you're going to have to continue to get to the quarterback, and that's something that that group I think did prove they could do really, really well at a high level, which which sets you apart from many defenses of Georgia's defensive pass. But, um, again, they're going to take a significant step back, but they're still going to be really solid. Before we talk about the great stuff you have going on, I want to squeeze in one more thing kind of away from Georgia here for a moment. You know, on the NFL draft of the day, 
the topic of NIL came up a pretty good bit. You were pretty outspoken on TV and talking about that. I think the phrase that you used that kind of stood at me was the NIL kind of standing for now it's legal. And, and yet, David, while maybe money's been a part of, you know, attracting players for a long time at, at certain spots, there is something about what we've gone through the last couple of months that just kind of feels different, whether it's because of the free one-time transfer or because of how brazen and out in the open some of this kind of stuff is. And then for some people, it kind of feels like, hey, it's a problem that needs to be corrected. I guess I'm curious of your kind of opinion about this across the board. Like, do you think things are too chaotic right now? And if so, is there anything that can be done about it? Well, things are definitely chaotic. And and I, and I can tell you this, B.A., I wouldn't want to be a coach in this environment. I just wouldn't want to do it. I mean, it would be extremely difficult to always be recruiting the next generation, to be pulling into them, coaching at the current spot. And then now i got to worry about them transferring. Now i got to worry about them getting money to be happy. I, I think it would be something that's exceptionally difficult. I think changes, yes. We need to figure out the transfer portal, how, how we, you know, how we, limit tampering or get rid of tampering with other schools being involved with other kids on rosters. Like that's something that can't happen. The transfer portal to me needs to have designated spots in a calendar year. Like you can either transfer after the season or you can transfer before the season. Like you can't, you can't transfer on a Tuesday, you know, Spencer Rattler put his name in the transfer portal on a, on a Wednesday or something, you know what I'm saying? During the season, like you, I just don't want to see that. I think it's, it's hard enough to do the things that, that they're doing, but yes, when you start paying players like like this, and when it's you know unfiltered, and you open it up to anybody, anytime, anywhere. Again, NIL Brandon was started name, image, and likeness to yeah. capitalize on your success in college. Okay, it I, I, it was the the point of the rule was not to pay people to come to college, which is what it became. So it's changed. I, I'm glad kids get to capitalize on on what they're able to make, but can we put parameters? Can we close some windows and make it a little bit, uh, you know, not like the wild, wild west when you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, um, you know, however you want. No, I think that's exactly right. And the sense that I get from talking to coaches is, or at least, you know, and you've obviously talked a lot more than I have, but it's almost like the transfer stuff is more frustrating than the NIL stuff. That, you know, this idea that players get a chance to have some money, that doesn't seem to be such a bad thing to so many people. But as you said, guys leaving during the season, guys being tampered with when they haven't even shown an intention to go to the transfer portal, that's some of the stuff that there seems to be the most broad support to get rid of. It sounds like you kind of agree with that. A hundred percent. I mean, it just you have a guy in your roster that's there, um, you know, on a Monday that you're just terrified he's going to be there on a Friday, you know, and, and somebody else was talking to him. And guess what, guys? B.A., I was in school. As a freshman in school, I did not play very much. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play more. I was frustrated with my coach who was there. Like, I went to Coach Rick. I went to his office. And I was like, Coach, you know, I, I don't love this. I don't want to be here. What do, what do you, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not dealing with this well. Every freshman feels that way, dude. Yeah. Every freshman goes through growing pain. And sometimes when you stick it out and you push through, you realize, like, all right, dude, I got this. If you have a free get-out-of-jail-free card or a free pass right now to go use it, well, then you're going to use it a lot of times. But we need to teach these kids to, to continue to fight and stick through a season. I'm not saying to stay somewhere where you're miserable for four years. I'm not asking you to do that. But if I start a season and I'm dedicated to my team and my coaches, I need to finish you know what else, B.A.? Coaches need to finish freaking seasons, too. Mm-hmm. How about that? Like, yeah. is that too much to ask? Yeah. My coach should not be able to dip out on me either and go, hey, you know, I'm going to get another job. I'm gone. 
Yeah. Like that, it should be it should be the same standard for the coaches as well. But I think that would make college football easier to to, to mandate. I, I also think it would be better for the players. I think they might realize something about themselves after a season that they go, okay, never mind, I was wrong. No, I think that's really well said. Uh, David, I, I love your thoughts there on that. And I also love the work that you're doing out there in the community. We're really excited about being with you coming up on uh, Monday, May 23rd for a great golf tournament. You've been doing this now for quite some time. Everybody who participates has a good time. A lot of money's raised for a great cause, including the Strong for Life initiative from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. But beyond that, your foundation, the Pollock Family Foundation, which you can find online at PollockFamilyFoundation.com, continues to do a lot of great work. I know childhood obesity is a very important thing to you. Obviously, health and fitness is something you've dedicated a large portion of your life to and that's kind of some of the stuff that the Pollock Family Foundation is doing would you mind telling us a little bit more about that and for folks who want to support someone like you who's using some of the fame that you've been given for a great cause like this making us all a little healthier and certainly our children a little healthier just tell us a a little bit about kind of some of the stuff you've got going on with that well we've we've done a really we've done a good job and it's been really fun for what we've done so far and our big initiative has been um, you know, childhood obesity and how can we help people get healthy? But we've also kind of expanded now and we really just, we, we want to, when we see a need, we want to serve it. And, you know, we're, we're actually teaming BA with, uh, we're teaming up with the University of Georgia. I met with uh, Josh Brooks, you know, several weeks ago and we're working together. We're, we're, we're going to go into some of these places that need a little TLC and, and go, you know, rebuild some parks and we're going to go and, redo some places and make some places places in Athens a lot better. And so we've been raising funds and we've been doing it. We've been supporting Children's Health Care of Atlanta. We're going to continue to because they're such an awesome, you know, they've been such a great organization for so long and done such great things. But we're also going to get, you know, into Athens and really, you know, some places that need some TLC, we're going to come in and we're going to pour some money into it and change some things and, and serve some people in the, in the community in Athens. So we've kind of rebranded our, our Pollock Family Foundation a little bit just so we can do Great. whole life health and go, when we see a need, man, we want to meet it. Like I see something that, that we need, we see something that needs to get addressed. We're going to go try to make a difference. Well, I know you for a long time, David. I know how genuine you are about stuff like that, making uh, parks look better, making children healthier. If you ever start a program to make podcast hosts a little healthier, uh, let me know about that because I'm sure I could probably sign up and get, take advantage of that myself. <laughs> we got the cover, B.S. All right, David, thanks a lot. We'll look forward to seeing you at the golf tournament coming up on Monday, May 23rd. And truly, I encourage everybody to get involved. PollockFamilyFoundation.com. Find out about the great stuff they've got going on. Make a donation and support David as he meets needs all across that community and the folks working there at the Pollock Family. Family Foundation. They do the same thing. David, thanks for your time here on the show today. Appreciate the big dogs. Have a good one. Good stuff there. David Pollock, great former dog, host on ESPN College Game Day. And, you know, listen, it's one of the things we like to do around here, which is that we're going to bring on those people. Obviously, anytime you have a chance to have a, you know, a former UGA great, that's a good thing. But there's a specific kind of person we like talking to. It's, it's that person who clearly cares about the subject, not just because it's a good paycheck and not just because hey, you've you know, got some fame from it. Like You get the sense that David wants college football to be there for the next generation of people who can use it as a tool the same way that he's used as a tool to get education, to, to get life training, to, to, you know, to be really a whole man, you know, everything that kind of goes along with that. Like that's what obviously David kind of views college football as being, and that's what he kind of wants it to be for that next generation. So when we talk to these people, we're going to talk to people who – you know, genuinely view the sport as, you know, a, a force for good and want to make sure 
kind of stays that way in the future. And clearly, whether it be opinions about who's going to win or lose games or opinions about what needs to happen to make the sport better, clearly David's got a lot of enthusiasm about that topic, and that's why it's always fun to see him on TV, representing UGA, working for ESPN, but also fun to have him on a uh, show like this. And as we said before, you know, listen, too much is given, much is required. You go through a, um, a place like, you know, UGA, you have a great career like that, you're, you're going to have a really big platform. So how are you going to use it? You're going to use it, you know, for, for good here. And we love to see all these former Georgia players who kind of leverage that fame to, to benefit others. That's always a great thing to be able to see. And uh, David Pollock is certainly an example of that there as well. So a toast to him. And obviously, as we're toasting going into the weekend, we're also thinking about our friends at the Finish Long Drink there as well. Got a little bit of a pool party coming up. A lot of you got a lot of pool stuff uh, coming up there as well. And listen, at the pool, nice cold uh, cooler full of beverages. Finish Long Drink goes great with that. So you're trying the traditional, comes in a blue can. It's a grapefruit uh, flavor, the gin kick. You want the Long Drink Cranberry, same kind of deal, except it's cranberry flavor. Long Drink Strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume, or we are just talking before about good fitness how about long drink zero no carbs no sugar that certainly fits with that lifestyle very well and you may be saying well B, i'm not really sure which of those long drink varieties is for me well the good news is you can actually get one of those eight can variety packs two different cans of each of the four long drink varieties you can try that for yourself it's a great story the finished long drink kind of comes from finland helsinki back when the summer games were there in the early 50s and it's been here in the united states now for a couple of years it's in georgia it's everywhere so if you go to the longdrink.com put in your zip code you can find where it is near you i see a lot of golf courses bars beverage stores things along those lines uh somewhere near you there is some finished long drink for you to try and enjoy so i hope that you will do that today uh great stuff there with the finished long drink funny golden shoe to say goodbye today and this is something that came up i don't know if it's on video or during the show or whatever else we're talking about you know uh objects in the mirror if you're georgia you're driving down the road you look in the rearview mirror and you see program like florida those lousy stinking gators way off in the distance so that got one of our terrific commenters his head kind of spinning here we love the creativity of our audience so scott harris shared this it's the rearview mirror with the georgia's uh, bulldog sticker and the warning at the bottom says objects in the mirror are way farther away then they appear. Also, uh, good credit for correct grammatical use of farther there, too. Uh, very impressive by Scott Harris. But the point is, you see the Florida Gator and his, like, you know, sloppy jalopy vehicle. He's way back there in the back. You see the Gamecock in a helicopter. You see Smokey in a hang glider. Uh, you see the uh, Kentucky Wildcat there, too. Good stuff by Scott Harris. Very funny. By the way, speaking of the Vols, dogs dropped one last night up in Knoxville trying to get that win tonight with Jonathan Cannon on the mound. So good luck to the Diamond Dogs. Also remind you, Gator Hater Updater, lousy stinking Gators, 4,873 days since they've won a national championship. And our Gator Hater Countdown, we believe a good Georgia fan is a Gator Hater first and foremost. And we also believe dogs back in Jacksonville beating up on Florida again, 169 days from right now. Y'all have a great weekend we'll see you monday dog nation daily presented by kroger and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down we'll take your comments here on dognation.com in the comment section when i post the show also on twitter at dog nation daily i'm imagining probably some of the stuff that david pollock's in a day show probably will generate some conversation i'm sure people have some reaction to that i, I thought a very realistic appraisal first of all an outlook for david for georgia on defense that can still as he said be very successful but maybe going from what was super special a year ago to just, as he said, maybe just very good here this upcoming year, predicting that Georgia could 
have an average of 10 more points per game allowed this year than it had a, a year ago, which kind of leads to discussion of, A, is that true? You know, Maybe it will be, maybe it won't. But if Georgia had given up 10 more points per game last year, how many of those results would have actually been different than they otherwise turned out to be? Uh, so I think it's pretty interesting from David. I'm guessing a lot of folks have a lot to say about that. Also, Seth Rhodes writes in to say, and by the way, he's uh, Seth O'Fett on Twitter, which is great. He says, I began traveling frequently for my job. I always wear Georgia swag when going through the airports. And from the East Coast to the West, there's almost always a dog fan or a college football fan who gives me a go dogs. Congrats on the national championship. It's good to be a dog. I'd say that's really, really enjoyable for me, too. First of all, I love how recognizable Georgia gear has become. Um, I think that's really fun. Uh, Georgia clearly, as a brand, has really grown, you know, playing at Notre Dame and, you know, obviously being in the college ball playoff a couple times, things like that. Clearly helped with all of that. And it's been kind of fun to get the extra attention because of that. I had my own version of that where, so we drove to Miami for the Orange Bowl because my family went, you know, just flying you know four people to miami is kind of expensive so we just drove come to find out it was i mean i knew how many miles it was but the actual drive to miami i don't know it's like we drove to like arkansas for the 2020 season opener somehow driving to miami felt even longer than that it's just crazy how far down that florida peninsula goes but the point is i'm kind of losing the point here we did drive and you know sometimes that's kind of bad because it makes the trip seem longer but sometimes it's kind of cool because you can do some things you otherwise couldn't do so after the game was over with, on the way back home, it was the weekend, it was New Year's Day, as a way of celebrating the Georgia win, we stopped by Orlando on the way home and went to Epcot the next day. We went to Epcot because you have to get a reservation, go to a Disney park now, and that was the only park that they had reservations for available on New Year's Day. Uh, that's, you know, obviously parks are pretty popular in that time. But the point is, uh, I'm losing the point again, the, the, the point is we go to Epcot there that day is after the the Orange Bowl win. We had George Gear on there, too. And boy, I mean, if it happened once, it happened two dozen times. Somebody coming up in this particular case saying, oh, y'all got to beat Alabama in the national championship. Again. Good luck to the dogs. Y'all got to do it. You know, some of these are SEC fans. Some of these are just college football fans that recognize the Georgia gear and know the Georgia story going to beat Alabama. Folks obviously tired of Nick Saban. So my point in all of this is, is I have kind of found this to be true the way that Seth has found this to be true, that where you are now, no matter where it might be, as he says, from the East Coast to the West Coast, you are definitely seeing a lot more attention being paid to UGA. And your status as a Georgia fan just earns you a little bit more, uh, I don't know what the word is, not credibility necessarily, but uh, there's some cool points that come along with that that may not have existed in the past. So I guess my point in saying all of this is bask in that, enjoy that. Life has rarely been better for a Georgia fan than it has been of the course of these last 12 months and who knows how much better it might get in the future but things are just really really good right now so as you're traveling show off that red and black in style that georgia g and accept the pats on your back that are coming your way so good comment there from seth to all of you who participate in our rs andrews podcast cool down i certainly appreciate that uh, i truly want to hear your feedback about the interview with david and some of the stuff that we've had from the show this week and we'll look forward to chatting with you about that as we come back again next week don't forget i know a lot of you are podcast listeners I'll, if you're hearing this right now you're obviously a podcast listener uh but we are going to be live for the show monday morning there at palo window indoors so if you can be there with us in their duluth showroom we'd love to see you there for that uh i'll give you the address for that one more time hold on 
if I can find it. Did I lose that? I've lost it. But the point is, we'll see you there on Monday uh, at the event at Pella Window Indoor of Georgia. Myself, John Stinchcomb, some uh, some T-shirts to give away. I believe if I'll stall for a second. Yeah, here you go. Here's that address one more time. I had taken my notes into the other room for a second. Here is the address for Monday. It is 2605 North Berkeley Lake Road, Northwest, Suite 400 in Duluth. I'll say that one more time. 2605 North Berkeley Lake Road, Northwest, Suite 400 in Duluth. I'd love to see you if you can come by and be there. We're going to have a good time doing the show live. And then the following Monday, we're going to be at the David Pollock Golf Tournament, which I'm really excited about, too. Um, so that is all really good stuff. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks to R.S. Andrews for making this possible. And uh, Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger there as well. We'll see you Monday, everybody.